Welcome back to the Fight Talk Podcast. This is Steven Jensen. Today is Wednesday, July the 17th, 2019, and we are rapidly approaching episode 200 of this show. I've uploaded a lot of throwback episodes, stuff that was previously unreleased, and that's available right now on this feed. You can check that out. A lot of old predictions and thoughts on basically stuff going on in the world of professional wrestling five years ago. So once again, you can check that out right here on whatever platform you're listening and tomorrow, fingers crossed, as long as you know nothing goes wrong, I do have a major guest coming on for episode 200 tomorrow that you guys are going to be hearing you know, pretty much right after I record it. I was planning on interviewing an independent wrestler, one of my favorites, that was supposed to happen today. Unfortunately, due to scheduling conflicts, it was unable to happen, but I will have that for you hopefully next week. So stick tight for that. And what I'm going to do today, it's a brand new concept, like I said. I'm going to go on fansided.com, Daily DDT. I used to write articles for those guys, and we're going to see how some of these old articles hold up. So I'm going to do separate episodes for each article that I feel like, you know, going over that I think might be kind of relevant, and we'll see how you guys like it. You know, um, basically today, I'm going to go through an article that I wrote, and this was written, it doesn't tell me the exact day, but it says it was put on their website 65 weeks ago. So, you know, well over a year. And this is titled, Why Cassius Ono Needs a Call-Up. So, kick back, relax, and enjoy this. I'm pretty much just going to read you the article and kind of give you my thoughts maybe throughout it and as well at the end to see, you know, how it stands. Like, was I right? You know, what's happened since then? We'll see how this goes. It's a new concept, like I said, and I hope you enjoy it right here on the Fight Talk Podcast. Alright, so once again, this is titled, Why Cassius Ono Needs a Call-Up. And I'm just going to read it verbatim, and like I said, I might chime in with, uh, you know, with my thoughts on, on this stuff as I'm reading it. This is going to be kind of almost like an audiobook kind of idea, so we'll see how this goes. Here we go. When Cassius Ono returned to WWE NXT in January of 2017, I thought he would become the main focus of the brand within a matter of months. He even went right after Shinsuke Nakamura, who was the NXT champion at the time. Later that same month, we saw Bobby Roode defeat Shinsuke Nakamura for the WWE NXT title. I figured that Cassius Ono was heading in the direction of competing against Roode for the belt at TakeOver Orlando. Instead, we saw Ono vs. Roode in a hot-shotted angle where the former Chris Hero was defeated on NXT TV just days before the major event. Cassius Ono hasn't recovered since. Since his re-debut in NXT, Ono has been on the losing end of basically every significant match that he's been a part of. His brightest moments have come probably from winning efforts against Hideo Itami in a mid-card feud. These wins meant very little for progressing Ono up the card, as Itami is another former independent wrestling legend that has underwhelmed since coming over to the WWE system. Recently, Ono has lost every match that I've seen him in. He was even left entirely off of the TakeOver New Orleans card over WrestleMania 34 weekend, although he did compete and lose in a high-profile match at Access against then-WWN champion Keith Lee. It seems like Ono has been pigeonholed into gatekeeper position in NXT. He's basically there to help put over upcoming stars that are in line for a bigger push. 
That is a stigma that Ono probably won't be able to overcome because he's been booked as a glorified jobber. Luckily for Cassius Ono, only a small percentage of the WWE main roster audience pays attention to NXT on a regular basis. That's why I think the time is now to call up Ono to Raw or SmackDown. As Chris Hero, Ono is known as one of the greatest and most accomplished talents in the history of independent wrestling. He's been a pro wrestler since 1998 and has never had a chance to perform on TV for any major promotion. Think about it. Ono was around during the days of WWF, WCW, and ECW, but was never brought in to show the world what he could do. The closest he's gotten was a few matches in TNA, but even then he was used on the syndicated explosion program and never on the main TV show or pay-per-view. Considering Ono's long history, his talent in the ring, and his knowledge level of the business of professional wrestling, I think it's only fair that Ono finally gets a chance on WWE TV. In the past, Ono's look could have potentially been an issue. His weight has fluctuated drastically over the years, and he's currently as heavy as he's probably ever been. But guys such as Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe have proven that work rate is more important than being a quote-unquote body guy in today's WWE landscape. The obvious question is, if Ono couldn't get over in NXT, how do you expect him to on the main roster? My answer is simple. Look at guys like Elias and women like Alexa Bliss. There have been many cases of WWE elevating superstars that weren't giving significant pushes in NXT. Sure, it's worked the other way as well, but that shouldn't prevent us from wanting to see new talent get a chance on WWE's worldwide stage. All it would take are some video packages and showcase matches to educate the casual WWE audience about Ono's 20-year journey that has finally led him to the main roster. More importantly, Ono is a legitimate fan of professional wrestling. He loves all different styles of wrestling from all around the world. He's a true pro wrestling historian, and I think his passion for the business would be easy for the WWE Universe to attach to. The other option is WWE just releasing Ono, which I hope doesn't happen, because it's hard to believe he'd have the motivation to travel the indies all over again, similar to when he was released from NXT back in 2013. If Ono is released again, it could very well be the end of his entering career. Of course, how Ono is booked is ultimately the deciding factor as to what level of success WWE expects of him. His booking in NXT has been dreadful. I think it's time to see Cassius Ono and see if he'll sink or swim on Raw or SmackDown. Alright, so that was the article. Um, let's look through some of this. So, kind of picking this apart and seeing where we're at now. Uh, you know, so he, he debuted, like I said, he debuted against, uh, well, it was, looks like, it looked like it was going to be a feud against Shinsuke Nakamura, then he wound up losing to Bobby Roode pretty much immediately, so he was pretty much, I mean, shot down right away, it's like they brought him in, like he was going to be this big deal, like, you know, like this big, big star for NXT, and, and probably the champion, you know, really soon, and then he just got kind of shoved from a title match right to the bottom of the, the pecking order. And like I mentioned, you know, later on in this article, his biggest wins up to this point, you know, when I wrote this a little over a year ago, you know, he had some wins over Hideo Itami in a mid-card feud, and Itami's not even with the company anymore. You know, he's now being called Kenta again, and he's wrestling in New Japan, and, and you know, 
reinventing his career, you know, trying to get everything back on track and, and try to create the buzz that he had before he ever signed with NXT. But that's still to this day pretty much like the biggest wins Ono's really got, in my opinion. Like, I don't really follow the weekly NXT TV as closely as I should, but I always watch the takeovers. Like, those are some of the best shows that you can ever find in professional wrestling. And um, I know he's been involved with the UK brand as well, and I think it'd be cool to maybe see like him versus Walter because that's a really interesting matchup between two big guys who have really hard-hitting styles. But I don't know. Uh, something else that I didn't mention here is you know his history with Cesaro. They used to be called the Kings of Wrestling. And their tag team that was amazing on the independent circuit and in, in Ring of Honor. And... You know, they could still do that. Like, I prefer at this point to see Cesaro get a major singles push because, you know, we've wanted that for so long. And he's now kind of getting that. Like, you know, he's losing to Aleister Black recently, but he's being built up as, you know, a legitimate uh, star again. It at least feels that way. He was a part of the uh, the 10-man co-branded uh, all-star battle royal, whatever they called it, on Raw this past Monday to determine the next number one contender for the Universal title. Of course, Seth Rollins won that match, but uh, seeing Cesaro in there, I feel like meant something for him. Although I don't agree with him necessarily being in the match if Aleister Black wasn't going to be because you know Black had just beat him the night before and has beat him since uh, last night on SmackDown. So, uh, But I also was saying around this time that you know WWE is really big on three-man teams, like the New Day being, you know, the prime example. But, you know, back, you know, a couple years ago, you still have, you know, the Wyatt family and uh, you had the Shield and, you know, these three-man teams. And I was also thinking, like, why wouldn't you just put Cassius Ono on the main roster and team him with the bar? And then that way you'd have Ono, Cesaro, and Sheamus, and they could all work individually as singles performers, they can mix it up and tag with, you know, do different tag team combination pairings. Uh, they can do awesome six-man matches. I feel like that was, like, right in their lap, and they just never went for that. So, you know. But even to this day, you know, Ono is still in the system, but he doesn't really seem to have any... There's really no light at the end of the tunnel, as far as, as, far as I can tell. Like, I, I feel like there's no real reason like right now in 2019 to to bring him to the main roster like I'd like to see it but I feel like he's just lost a lot of steam a lot of momentum a lot of buzz a lot of popularity um since re-signing with NXT and I don't know if that's kind of like you know punishment for him leaving the first time or if they already have guys you know with that similar build that they're kind of doing stuff with on the main roster Guys like Samoa Joe, Kevin Owens, Bray Wyatt, you know, guys that are heavier set. Maybe they just feel like Ono isn't a good fit in that mix. I really don't know. Uh, something else that I thought was funny is when I asked the question during the article of, you know, if Ono couldn't get over an NXT, how do you expect him to on the main roster? And my answer was, look at guys like Elias and women like Alexa Bliss. That still holds true to Alexa Bliss. She's still one of the top performers, you know, top female performers on the main roster and a perennial contender for any of the women's championships. But Elias has definitely lost steam. Uh, he was white hot a year or so ago. Like the crowd was, was really into it and it seemed like he was getting a major push. But since then, 
he really hasn't done much. And now he's just kind of been like a crony for, for Shane McMahon. And yeah, I really don't know. So, you know, I, and well, I guess the last thing that I mentioned, you know, if they released Dono, what would it be like uh, for him? Would he, would he join the, the independence and, and, you know, the independence scene has gotten increasingly better over the last year since I wrote this article. So I don't think it would be necessarily as bad of a, of a thing for Ono if he was to leave, especially with options like AEW out there now. Like, he could probably completely reinvent himself and uh, reinvigorate his career in AEW. But there's even companies like Evolve that has weekly television shows every Wednesday on IWTV. Um, there's a lot of great independent shows that he could be a part of and still make decent money um, or maybe go into like a coaching role. I don't know how much longer he wants to do in-ring work. I have no idea. He's been in the business, like I said, since, you know, making his debut in 1998. And so, I mean, over 20 years ago. And, you know, it's kind of a shame. Like this guy, like I said, he was around during WCW, ECW, and, and when it was still called WWF. And, uh, you know, never got an opportunity then. He's been around that long and he still has never been you know, a part of Raw or SmackDown or, you know, any major, you know, worldwide audience uh, in front of the United States. So I don't know. Um, but it was fun going back and looking at this article and kind of comparing it to where he is now, because honestly, he's kind of in the same spot. Uh, I don't know. But I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, I'm going to do a few more of these right now. So you're going to see like it's probably three or four of these uh, episodes just like this going up within a matter of hours uh, today once again July the 17th so if you like this check them out you can find the actual articles at dailyddt.com probably easiest just to search my name Stephen Jensen s-t-e-p-h-e-n-j-e-n-s-e-n I have way more than you know three or four articles like what I'm going to go over today I have a bunch of them on there um, and you can see how they hold up and I might continue to do episodes like this in the future Currently, I'm just doing it kind of as a test and also to, you know, get to episode 200. But, you know, I might do more of these in the future. And I have articles available in other places as well now. So um, I guess that's a good place to mention, you know, you can check out my current articles at SoBrosNetwork.com. If you like this podcast, make sure to subscribe, download, you know, give me good ratings, good reviews. It costs no money. It takes like no time at all and it helps me out a ton. Please give me a follow at Fight Talk underscore on Twitter. That's F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K underscore. I kind of use that as my hub of, you know, making sure that anything that I'm involved with, I always make sure to, you know, put it out there on Twitter for everybody. You can check out my Twitch at twitch.tv slash Fight Talk underscore. Merchandise available at whatamaneuver.net. And my Fightful Select Weekender podcast every single Saturday. That's available at FightfulSelect.com. I talk all non-WWE news over there. That's every single weekend. And I do the social media for MMA on Point. So give us a follow over there if you're a fan of mixed martial arts. We have Instagram at MMA on Point. Twitter at On Point MMA. The website is MMAonPoint.com. And of course, our videos are available on YouTube. Just search MMA on Point. Um, I've wrote some of the videos for that. I edit a lot of the videos now, uh, you know, so I'm very involved with that channel. It, it's basically my, my main job is with, through MMA on point. So uh, please, you know, support them because, you know, it's a, it's a small team that we have over there. And I really do think that we put together the best mixed martial arts content you can find on the internet. And, and I do not say that lightly. I really, really believe that. Speaking of supporting MMA on point, make sure to also support the sponsors of this podcast starting with WrestleRumble.com. 
jump on their website. Once again, that's WrestleRumble.com. Jump in there. They're going to have contests up soon for WWE SummerSlam, AEW All Out, and NXT TakeOver Toronto. There's always big cash, big prizes on the line, and you can win really, really great stuff just for being a fan of professional wrestling, sitting on your couch and watching this. Uh, give them a follow on Twitter, at WrestleRumble, to stay up to date with all their contests. Also, shout out to Heroes and Legends. Heroes and Legends is a professional wrestling autograph memorabilia company. They have you know old programs and action figures and you know, pretty much anything you can think of. They're run by nice people, and they'll give you a fair price on everything. Uh, they're really, really great. Give them a follow on Twitter, at HL Pro Wrestling. I, th- I believe they're also uh, the same HL Pro Wrestling on all social media, so go ahead and check them out everywhere. And shout out to my brother, Brian Jensen. Brian is a professional boxing coach. He's a trainer. He helps with Parkinson's patients. Uh, he helps with professional fighters, but he can help you just you know get in shape, lose weight, uh, learn how to throw hands, learn self-defense. Uh, if you want to actually compete, he can help you with that too, whether it's boxing or mixed martial arts or, or kickboxing, really any kind of combat sports, he can help you out. Just shoot him a follow on Instagram. He's at BoxingATL, B-O-X-I-N-G-A-T-L. Just follow him, shoot him a message. If you're in the Atlanta, Georgia area, he can help you in person. If you're not anywhere close, whether you're across the world, he can still help you remotely and help you reach your goals. Get a knockout workout without getting knocked out. Hit up Brian Jensen right now. All right, guys, you're going to be hearing my voice very soon. We've got a few more of these coming out today. As we rapidly approach episode 200 and my very, very special guest, it's a secret, but something I'm really, really looking forward to. Until then, I'll be right back.